sermon this day is taken from that reading from Luke that you heard a little bit ago. So I have a question that I gotta ask you. Are you ready? I mean, are you ready? So actually if I'm supposed to do this, because if you're if you're a person that knows the nineties, it's are you ready? I don't know if you remember the boxing guy. But anyways, the question of are you ready is ready for what? So it could be ready for, um, are you ready for Santa Claus to come to town? Better, are you, have you been nice, not cried, not pout, et cetera, et cetera? But that was a week ago. So hopefully, so you got a whole another year to get, a, get your act together again. Or whatever. Um, might be that, are you ready for the Hawkeyes to play in the Citrus Bowl tomorrow? Um, are you ready for New Year's Eve? The, any celebrations this evening? Maybe you want to, maybe you need the food or the hot wings or pizza or whatever it might be. Are you ready for that? Or just simply, are you ready to rumble? That's usually the end of the result. But, that's not the question I'm asking. The question is, is from verse 40, is you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So very simply, the question is, are you ready for the Son of Man to return? Now I realize, because we have a very small crowd, we're, I'm preaching to the choir, obviously, so to speak. And you are the choir tonight. <laughs> but... It's a question to be asked, and are you ready for the Son of Man to return? And as we know, is that the Son of Man, Jesus, can return at literally any minute, at any hour, any day. Nothing is guaranteed. But the temptation we have is to think, well, Jesus said, is talking about this in 33 AD. He ascended into heaven in 33 AD. Which means we are almost at 2,000 years since that happened. And so while it is definitely possible that Jesus could return tonight, we don't, probably none of us are feeling like that's the very likely thing. In fact, throughout the history of the church, people have been trying to play the game, when is the world going to end? One of the movies I like to watch at this time of the year, on New Year's Eve, I like to watch uh, Ghostbusters 2. And because it's a movie that takes place at New Year's. And so one of the opening scenes is where uh, Bill Murray, uh, Peter Venkman, is hosting a TV show. And the show is about, he's, the, he's supposed to be a thing with psychics. And he's asking these two people, two guests, when they believe the end of the world is going to be. And the one person said it will be New Year's Eve that year. Um, and then there is another one, then the girl, she said it was February 14th, 2016, Valentine's Day. Bummer. <laughs> and so, but the thing is, is that that has been an ongoing game through the history of the church. When is Jesus going to return? He's going to come back this day or that day. Uh, my Facebook has, been rem has reminded me a few times about 2012. When the Mayan calendar, because it ended at 2012, people thought that that was the end of the world. 
And the thing is, is everybody keeps being, obviously these people are all wrong. It has not happened. Anybody, do any of you remember Y2K? That was when the world was supposed to end. And we're still here. So it's so tempting for us to think, well, who knows? It may be hundreds of years before Jesus returns. And that's true. But here's the thing. While it may be, maybe it could be today, it could be next week, it could be many years down the road before he returns for his final judgment. But the thing is, is the day that Jesus will return for you, that is much closer. And that's much, much different question. Because this week, I've got, I went to two funerals this week. I went, there's Alvin Miles' funeral on Tuesday, and then there's Talon Johnson's funeral yesterday morning. And two very opposite, very different situations. Alvin Mao was 87 years old, and so he had lived a long life. Talon Johnson, the thing that struck me at his funeral was when I looked at the obituary and I, saw, I looked at his birth date. And it said November something 2001. I graduated in May 2001. So I read that as one of the first times I'd been at a funeral where the person who died was younger than my diploma. Now I know some people like, well, that's happened a lot of times by now. But at my point, it is, it does, it's, it's just really struck. And, but the thing is, is, the thing is, is that both deaths, even though one was young, one was old, both are still tragic. Because death was not the way that God designed things. He did not design a world where death was reality. He designed a world without death, without sin, without any of the effects of sinful nature. And yet, because of man, sin entered into the world and death is a reality. And every single death is a tragedy. And one of the things that really, if you want to really capture the tragedy of it, even when an older person passes away, is when the 20-year-old passes away. When I went to that funeral for Talon, that church was filled to the brim. I mean, I was sitting down, I had to sit downstairs and watch the funeral on the TV in the, their fellowship hall. I think there's over, there had to be over 300 to 400 people at that funeral. And, but on the flip side, we have Alvin Mao's and his funeral was very small. And there's a sadness in that because why is it so much smaller for a young person, an older person, than for a young person? Because so many of the people are not here anymore. And there is that grief of how many people have been lost. And the thing is, is if you were to ask both of these families, and this is actually probably fairly accurate, if you were to ask both the Maos and the Johnsons, Neither of them expected that they were to have a funeral this week. Even because a month ago, because I remember when um, Alvin first went into the hospital, he went into the hospital in the middle of, um, 
middle of December. And as far as we could tell, it's probably gonna, we figured he'd be there for a day or two and then go back home. Death was definitely not on the radar at that point. And see, the thing is, is the common th theme in both of those is, is you don't know when the Son of Man is going to come for you, specifically. And so, and even the kind of, and he, I mean, some of us were kind of in this mode of, I mean, sometimes people come to, God comes too soon, and there's some where they, when God comes, it's kind of like about time. I mean, there is a point where you, when the world has weighed you down so much that you want to be relieved. And yes, there is a sense that death is a relief from this world. There's a reason why God took Adam and Eve out of the garden because of that tree of life. He did not want us to live forever in a sin-fallen world. Death is escape from this broken world. Sounds weird, but it is. Death is evil, but it is God, God does it because it's necessary because otherwise the world would be like would be a living hell. And so that's why he pulled, that's why they're pulled out of the garden. And so we go back to this question. Are you ready? And I think it's a very good question because tomorrow is 2022. And because it's 2022, it's a new year. Everybody has New Year's resolutions. And so there's a guarantee to be many weight loss ones. There's going to be ones about eating right, exercising. Um, there's going to be ones about reading more, possibly reading less. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there might be New Year's resolutions to watch the news less, spend less time on social media, whatever. But what if, how many of our resolutions revolve around making sure that we are ready? for the Son of Man returns? How many of our resolutions are focused on just simply being in the Word of God? And see, that is actually the answer. Is how do we be, why, how are we ready? How do we keep our lamps ready? This actually, the reading of Luke is kind of a parallel to the parable of the ten virgins. So there's the five, there's the there's the foolish virgins and then there's the wise virgins. The wise virgins are the ones who kept their oil, the oil full, kept their lamps ready so that when the bridegroom came, they were there, their lamps were ready, and they were ready to enter into the wedding feast. The ones who were foolish did not keep their oil filled and they ran out. And so when the bridegroom came, they were not there and they did not enter into the wedding feast. And so the similarly, those who do not keep their lamp ready, do not keep the fire burning, the light of Christ burning, when he returns, he will leave us out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so how do we keep our lamp full? Now it isn't literally don't drink oil. That's not how you do it. But you do it in word and sacrament. And your community as brothers and sisters in Christ. So very first, so here you go, first resolution. If you have 
you have a little over, little under five hours, little over five hours to make any New Year's, last minute New Year's resolutions. So here's a good first one. Dedicate to being in the Word of God every single day. Now, there are some people that want to do where they want to make the goal to read the Bible every year. That is a great one. But don't pressure yourself to do that. And I say that because one of the downsides with that, doing the reading the Bible in one year, is you read so much every day, you can't actually focus on what you read. Which is why it's actually just make it a goal to just read it. Read sections, read portions of it. Just be in the Word of God. Secondly, be a part of a community of faith. So this is obviously coming to worship, attending a Bible class. So this could be the Sunday morning Bible study. There could be Bible study at Zimmy's. There's the Bible study that I have at Subway. There's the LWML circles. These are all relationships that you build with one another. This is actually why I would like it one day that we as a church would have a whole slew of small groups in our congregation. And the reason is, is because they kind of become your accountability partners. Is when you're around people enough and you're in the Word of God together enough, when you start wandering, they notice and say, hey, where have you been? We need you to come back. What's going on in life? And finding out what is going on. So be in a community. Another way, spend time in prayer. Pray, pray, pray when you eat, pray when you wake up. Actually, that's should pray before you read the Bible. That's a really good tip. Whenever you're reading the Bible, before you ever open it up, pray that God would lead you through it. So, because on our own, we cannot fully comprehend the Scripture. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can understand it. Most importantly, doing what you're doing here today. Being in worship. Do not neglect the gathering together of believers. Re hear the word. Receive absolution. Receive that sacred meal. That sacred feast. By receiving the word, by receiving the sacrament, he strengthens you. You further connect yourself to him. That is how you keep the lamps full. That's how you keep ready, is by being in God's word. The hymn that we just sang, it's kind of a, it's a longer hymn, but... It's one, the reason I picked every single verse because I didn't want to cut out any verse. Because the words of it are so wonderful. And it's one of those hymns I really want us, want as all Lutherans should be getting familiar with it. Because it's, it's a wonderful hymn to hear, um, to sing and hear on the last day of the new year. I mean, the last day of 2021 and to have it in your mind and on your heart in 2022. O oh, love, how deep, how broad, how high, 
beyond all thought and fantasy. That God, the Son of God, should take our mortal form for mortal sake. So it's an expression of just this incredible love. A love, as it says, beyond all thought. You can't even begin to fantasize and imagine the depth of the love of God for you. That he did not send an angel. He didn't send some king. He sent something even greater. He sent his only son for you. And see, this is why you keep coming together. You hear the word. You study the word. You come to Bible classes. Why you receive the supper is so that way you can keep being reminded and keep receiving this deep love that is beyond all fantasy, beyond your imagination. And I love this in verse 3. Whenever you get to, when you get some, this, by the way, one of the great ways to strengthen your faith is meditate upon hymns. If you have a hymnal at home, if you don't, get one. Go on, they're, they're available on Kindle if you want to and get them that way. Um, but hymns are wonderful things to meditate on. Just read them. A lot of the hymns are just sermons. Um, so, for example, um, on the daily scripture meditation, I've been doing this thing where I've been slowly working through a Luther hymn, which I don't sing wonderfully without an organ. <laughs> but, um, but if you read that hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come, that hymn is basically, it's a children's message. It was designed to be almost like a children's message or a children's play to retell the Christmas story the birth of Jesus and just read through it and meditate on each verse. And so similarly with this one, what I love in this one is actually, it's actually in at the end of verse, is it verse, sorry, okay, it is verse three. It says, for us baptized, instead when you read that, read, for me baptized, for me he bore his holy fast and hungered sore, for me Temptation sharp he knew. For me, the tempter overthrew. For me, he prayed. For me, he taught. For me, his daily works he wrought. By, his wor by words and signs and actions thus, still seeking not himself but me. For me, by wickedness betrayed. For me, in crown of thorns arrayed, he bore the shameful cross and death. For me, he gave his dying breath, and I will direct it to you. For you, he rose from death again. For you, he went on high to reign. For you, he sent his spirit here to guide, to strengthen, and to cheer. Do you hear the emphasis? For you, or for us, for us, for us, for us, for us. Any doubt as to why Jesus did everything he did, it was for you. See, because death is the destination. And so he wants us in his word. He is drawing us to us so that he is the one that fills your lamp with his word. He fills your lamp with his sacrament. So that when he returns, whatever day that may be, you are ready. Which actually kind of a neat little thing in our liturgy. And we're going to do this in a little bit, a little bit later. 
is right after we take, so we have, when we get into the communion part of the liturgy, there's this whole sequence of things where we have the, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, no, sorry, the start of the sanctus, it says, Hosanna, which literally means save us. And then we pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then we get to the, then we say the peace of the Lord be with you always. And then we get to the Agnus Dei where we say, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. Hear the requests? Save us. Forgive us. Grant us your peace. And then you come to the supper and you receive the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And then what do we sing? Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. You are basically, when you come away from the altar, you are saying, I am ready should you, the Son of Man, come to me this day. Because I have seen, tasted, touched your salvation. That's why we keep coming back. And we as Christians, we are on this earth right now. Why he, why he hasn't come to you yet? Why he has not specifically come to you and to bring you, to home, bring you into his eternity? It's because he has something for you to do. To serve his kingdom on this earth. So this is also why we keep coming to the word. And we keep coming to the sacrament. So that he may strengthen us. So that we may go into the world to others whose lamps are burning out. Or they don't even have a lamp. And your job is to pull, bring them and say, let me show you where the lamps and the oil is. And let us keep filled together. So we are both ready together when the feast comes. And by the way, what a appropriate thought. New Year's Eve, there's a party, fireworks. You realize how much bigger it is going to be when the Son of Man returns. What joy and trumpets, and there will be pretty awesome fireworks, I'm sure. Till that day comes, to him be all glory. Amen.